God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Have a seat. Do a couple of announcements here this morning. 
So I look out there, everybody's so happy and smiling. I think that's because we have a basement full of food. So <laughs> you can stay and eat right after service today. We'll have food and fellowship downstairs. So there'll be plenty for everyone. So everyone do that. And uh, we'll, we'll be welcoming uh, Tom, Tom Wiggs and his family here. They'll be, he'll be speaking and we'll let him introduce his family later if he wants to do that. But uh, we're glad that they're with us here this morning. I appreciate them being here and uh, uh, just plan on having a good time here this morning. And then we, and then we get to stay and eat. So um, do remember the 29th Fall Festival is coming and uh, it'll be 4 to 7 p.m. If you can stay and help, there's a food sign-up sheet and a volunteer sign-up sheet at the back of the sanctuary. So if you can uh, sign up for that, they'll kind of know what's going on and, and uh, we'll give a little more details out, but that's just a few weeks away. So. Uh, and then next Saturday, 5 o'clock here at the church is a men's meeting. So come and enjoy that if you're a man. Ladies, you got to wait till November. Yours is in November, I think 5th fifth, fifth or 6th, something like that. So, um, Any announcements anybody needs to make? Anything we've missed? No? All right. Well, let's stand this morning. We'll uh, begin service with the time of prayer. If anyone has any uh, prayer requests they want to mention? Yeah, Molly. Okay, just remember uh, Molly's niece, Sherry. Remember Austin? That's right. That's uh, Susan's father and her family. Oh, go ahead, April. Okay. Yeah, Sister April's family. Uh, unspoken request, we can raise our hand. God knows our needs. Let's all pray this morning. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to gather together today, God. It's good to be meeting here with us, God. We just know that you know each of us
good. We'll have a couple ushers come up. It is second Sunday. There'll be a missions offering. Um, so everything will be going for uh, Haiti and, and uh, Mexico, New Padilla. And we should mention Brother Greg, uh, missionary, will be here next Sunday to speak for us. So um, he will give us, I guess, a live in-person update of what's going on down in Mexico. So um, remember him this week. He's got to do some traveling. But uh, this morning, the offering will go towards missions. If you mark it on an envelope or check for something else, it will go there. But let's pray again. God, we thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity to give and to worship you through this act, Lord God. And we just uh, pray that you'll bless this offering, Lord, that you'll be with uh, the work being done in Haiti and Mexico, Lord God, the missionaries and uh, everything that's taking place, Lord God. We just pray that you're uh, directing and that you will use these funds, Lord God, just to further the gospel. In your name we pray. Amen.
this morning? Amen. Thank you, Lord.
nothing but good, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father, for all that you have done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated as uh, Brother Tom comes and gets ready. Continue to worship the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? Amen. I just don't even know how to start. Are we thankful for His amazing grace? Are we thankful for that unfailing love? God is so good. He is worthy to be praised. This thing may not stay on me. But I, I sat there this morning, and I, I know some of you guys from camp. And whenever Rachel was filling me in, because I'm not good with names, I'm not good with uh, all the churches in Kansas City, keeping up with who goes where and where. Uh, Rachel's like, okay, this person goes here, and this person goes here. Well, I have to tell you all, I'm pretty proud of this church, because this church has some ladies in here that knows how to praise. Because there's some young ladies at church camp trying to teach younger ladies how to praise. And I'm proud of those ladies. So if you know how to praise here this morning, I am so proud of you. And it is such a blessing to my heart. Um, my name's Tom. That's Rachel, my wife. My beautiful wife. My Madison, my one of my... Daughters, Cheyenne and Allie is our oldest two. They are both in ones at college and ones just working, stayed home. And the two boys has vamoosed somewhere. So that's the oldest is Jacob and the lowest is Caleb. I'm not here about Tom Wiggs. I'm here about God. So, so whenever we left church camp this last summer, I. Uh, we live in western Kansas, and if you've ever been to western Kansas, it's different. <laughs> There's a whole lot of backgrounds, different backgrounds, but they all come to one church. And that's where I was at. And we was trying to have a Bible study, and I, I needed some help. And I said, uh, I need something to figure out what to study. And I, I'm not wise. I don't have a lot of uh, educational knowledge because I don't read a whole lot. Not one of my strong points. So I messaged a lady by the name of Amanda Taylor. You ladies from camp are going to know her. Uh-oh, y'all shaking your heads. Amanda Taylor is one of my go-tos. She's one of my hot spots. And I said, Amanda, here's where I'm at. This is what I got. Throw something at me. You got a lot more education than I got. And she said, well, if you got a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different beliefs, she said, let's do this. Let's study who God is 
and let them eliminate what he ain't. Not you pointing it out. I was like, ooh, that's the reason I come to you. Yes. And so she said, I want you to read The Pursuit of God by A.W. Towser. And I was like, okay. And she said, but now listen. She said, read it slowly. And then you're going to go back and reread it. And I was like, okay, that's no problem. I do read slow. So I've had that book for, uh, I think, three months now. And I'm on third chapter. So, um, but it is. It's chock full of information. But I got in the first chapter and there was something that struck me that he wrote in there. Now, this book was wrote, written in um, 1948, I believe it was. And I thought, how can a book from 1948 be talking about today? But let me read this quote. And this is talking about the church as a whole, not just this church. I'm saying the church as a whole. It says, Christ may be received without creating any special love for him in the soul of the receiver. The man is saved, but is not hungry nor thirsty after God. And at that time, whenever I was reading that, we was going to a, a big church. I call it a mini mega church. And there was about four or 500 people per service there. And... Throughout this, I got to be an usher in the back, and they said, we don't want you closing your eyes in prayers. We want you to heads up and seeing what's going on. Well, we have that time at the end of service where they say, no matter what the topic was on, they say, if you want to be saved, raise your hand, and then repeat after me. And then whenever they got done praying that, prayer, they would say, hey, you're saved. Now go home. And that was it. And being the usher at the back of this, I got to watch him. And it was the same six or seven hands every service raising their hands. And I thought, man, we're missing something here. And then I read this and I was like, oh my gosh, we are. We're not creating a relationship with God. It's just to raise my hand. I need you. Okay, I'm good. I'm on the team. Now I can sit down. No. It goes on to say, everything is made to center upon the initial act of accepting Christ, and we are not expected thereafter to crave any further the revelation of God to our souls. We have been snared into the coils of a spiritual logic which insists that we have, been, have found him and we need no more seek him. And I thought, this is, this is spot on. But he wrote this in 1948. If it was that way in 1948, what's it like now? I'd hate to see his reaction. And he goes on further in that chapter to say we need a relationship with God such as Moses did. So this morning, I want to take a look at Moses. And in one particular area, and we're going to kind of just look at a few things from this section. And it's Exodus chapter 33. I'm sorry, I'm not a stand behind the pulpit guy. Exodus 33, 
There's a few faces here. I'm glad to see here. I had some of these boys in uh, campus last year, and it was a blessing to me. I got to see God working. Sorry, I didn't have you in my camp. <laughs> but I got to see God work through their lives, through summer campus last year, and it was a blessing to me. I hope it's a blessing to Yay Yay and Isaac. But Exodus 33, starting in verse 12, says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider this, thy, this nation thy people. And he said, My presence will, shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thou, thy presence, go not with me, carry us not up hence, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And Moses said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. This morning I'll give a little background on this. This is where Moses has been up 40 days on the mountain. 40 days and 40 nights. While he's up there, the children of Israel, they do what people do. And they said, we've got to make an idol. And they made the golden calf. And Moses come down and found them. And that's another story. But Moses caught them red-handed. God saw them red-handed. And he said... No longer will my presence go with you in the midst of you. I'll send the angel in front of you to drive out the land of Canaan, but my presence will not go with you. And Moses being Moses, he said, God, I don't want to go if you're not going to go. Don't move me from this spot. And immediately, and that's what I love about Moses in I think it's 32. Whenever God told him, get down from here because my, I'm going to, my wrath is going to wax hot and I'm going to consume this people, Moses hit his knees and went to prayer for the people. Gosh, ain't you glad we got an intercessor sitting at the right hand of God right now, intercessoring for us. Anyways, um, but Moses knew how to pray. If we want a relationship, we got to talk. I can't have a relationship with my wife if I don't ever talk to her. 
Sometimes she wishes I'd shut up. Sometimes she gets vocal about that. But I, I told Harold this morning, I said, hey, I got some reference scriptures. I said, it's not worth turning papers. I said, all I'm going to do is read it and go on. No, I can't find it. I think James jumped out of my Bible. James chapter 5, and you all know these verses. James chapter 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and, and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we're going to teach people that salvation is more than just an act, we got to know how to pray. We got to know how that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's exactly what we see Moses doing here in Exodus. He said, God, you call me with a burning bush. You give me an order to do, and now I'm doing it. Don't leave me in the middle of this. You say that I have found grace in your sight, and I know thee by name. He said, show me your way that I may know you even more and find even more grace in your sight. So that right there tells me that our relationship doesn't end. It's continual growing. If Moses has just spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain talking to God, he ought to know him pretty well. He knows him a lot better than I do, I bet. But yet he's still yet hungry. He's still yet thirsty for more. And he, he goes on and he says, hey, God says, my presence will go with thee and I will give thee rest. Does that say the people? I don't think so. It says Moses. Moses, you have found grace in my sight. I will give you rest and I will go with you. But Moses ain't satisfied. How many men's married here? You know, you, you, oh, one person? Oh, come on. <laughs> you, uh, let's, I, you are going to be the definition. You're, you're the working definition of the next topic. <laughs> Perseverance. <laughs> Continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty. I'm not looking at women right now. <laughs> Moses was persistent. He sat down and he, got, he, he prayed to God and he got an answer from God. God said, I will go with thee. And Moses said, nope, 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 that ain't good enough. I want more. I want more. I want you to go with the people. Bless the people, not just me. 
And we see that whenever it says, and he said, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. hence." And it goes on and it says, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? How shall we know that we found grace in your sight? Is it not that your presence goes with us? Is it not that that separates us from the rest of the people of this earth? Is your presence. We're no different than anybody else. But we have the presence of God living inside of us. And that's what Moses understood. He said, hey, we need your presence. We don't just need an angel. We need your presence to go with us. So perseverance, and in the same boat, patience. Because you've got to have patience to keep persevering. Now, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> and the last one is dependence. Moses knew that he needed to depend on God, that his strength came from God. Psalms 21. Well, my memory ain't as good as what it used to be. Psalms 21, 1 and 2. Well, get over. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Moses knew that Moses was just a man. Moses knew that the children of Israel was just the children of Israel. The only thing that set them apart, like I already said, was the presence of God. God considering them his holy nation. And God said, or Moses told him in 14, if your presence don't go with me, I don't want to go. Because he was dependent upon God. He knew that he had to have God to be successful. And finally in 17, the Lord said, all right, Moses, I'll do this thing that you've spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And that's whenever Moses said, I, I feel like he was a, he, he praying to God and he got his first answer. Have you ever done that? Prayed to God and you get that answer and you get excited. Yeah. And then something else comes along and you pray to God and you get that answer. Yeah, you get excited more. Why not try the third time? Okay, yeah, come on. So Moses is here, and he said, you know what? I've been doing pretty good. God, show me your glory. Talk about relationship. How often do we come into church and say, God, show us your glory. God, we want to meet you here. How often do we talk to him throughout the week? How often do we 
I'm thankful for that answer. How often do we get to know Him? You see, seeing His glory isn't just walking through the doors of this church and sitting down here and singing four or five songs and saying, Okay, God, I'm here. Show me your glory. It's a lifelong relationship that takes work. How many years have you been married? 52? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I should ask. <laughs> 52 years. <laughs> it takes a lot of time to get to know each other. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of forgiveness and grace. I've been married 20. I, I know more about grace than I do the others but <laughs> but we can't just come in here on Sunday mornings without spending time with him in God's word daily talking to him daily being able and willing to move daily we got to see people working outside the church before we can see God's glory in the church There's a statement I found or I heard in a Bible study we've been doing lately. And it says, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. And whenever I read that, I thought, you know what? Sow a thought. Sometimes this body has to sow a thought such as, hey, should we actually be doing that? Should we really be saying this stuff? We go back to the effectual fervent prayers, confess your faults. We've got to be healthy in this church house before we can have any effect on the world or any effect on a newly saved Christian. We have to be, it, it says, confess your faults and pray for one another so that you might be healed. Whenever we sow that thought, we reap an action. We pray for the right action. Once we receive that action, then we reap or sow the action and we reap a, a habit. So what I'm trying to get at is this. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be bringing the lost to Christ. How can we give it if we ain't got it? 
If we don't know what it is to have a relationship with God, our own selves, we can't give it away. It's just words. It's wasted time. So whenever we start working on that relationship with God and we get ourselves in the right place as Moses was to say, show me your glory, then we don't stop. Then we come more like Moses and we go out into the wilderness and we sow thoughts out there. Hey, you ever thought about going to church with us? You ever thought to go try in this church? You reap an action. And then you take that action and you say, Hey, why don't you come back next Sunday? We'd love to see you again. And you reap a habit. And you end up changing the destiny of where that person's going to go. Are we willing? Because it's not easy. I love talking. And I ain't found very many people I I can't talk to. Are we willing, even though it's still difficult, to walk over to somebody in the grocery store and say, Hey, you go to church anywhere? You don't? Okay, hey, why don't you try our church? We'd love to have you there. Fill this little church. And I don't mean that any... I ain't mean that in a bad way. (laughs) Fill this little church. I like little churches. They feel like family to me. I'm not a mini mega church because we we left there because it just wasn't home. You know how that feels. But once we get in the right place with God and we have that relationship we need to be as Exodus 34:29 says and it came to pass when Moses came down from the mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in Moses's hand he came down from the mount and Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him we should be able to walk out of this church we should be able to walk out of our home and be able to have our soul shine through us because we have spent time with God in prayer and talking to him face to face if the the world can't see a difference in us then where are we do a little self-examination. If we can't stand up and give a praise report about where I was and this is where I am now, I'm a walking miracle. My grandma, I don't know, I was probably seven or eight years old. And at that time, nobody would tell me that she was eat up with cancer. And I'd go over there to visit with grandma and grandpa and grandma, she is just... She wasn't good. She wasn't healthy. And she'd always look at me and, Son, won't you take a gun and shoot me? Put me out of my misery. She said, I don't know why God's leaving me on this earth. Well, Grandma, 
And I was, I got saved at seven. I said, Grandma, you still got a purpose. God's got a purpose for you still. Everybody has a purpose. If you're still yet drawing breath and walking, you're still yet got a purpose on this earth. The Bible says that the women is supposed to teach the old, the young women. Well, dealing with some people here before, they don't just like hearing what's going on in here. They want to hear it in your life. They want to hear testimonies. They want to hear the praise reports. If you don't come to Sunday school, I'd encourage you to. It's a blessing. I walked in here this morning, sat down, and the very first thing she done was said, is there any praise reports here? That's something that don't happen in western Kansas. I asked that. I asked that one Sunday at a church out there, and one gentleman's report was, well, at 12 years old, I had to wear a brown suit and tie to church. And he sat down. They don't grasp it. They, they don't understand what a praise report is. It's something that we're missing. We're losing it. And I'm, if you feel like you have no purpose, God's done something for you in life. Stand up and tell about it. Because these young men and young women, they want to hear more than what happened in this book. They want to see it in real life. And I'm glad to say some of these guys got to see that in real life at camp this year. Some of these guys got to see that right after camp this year. Are you telling anybody? We've got to give praise where praise is due. And my God is worthy of praise. If we're going to get back to church, do you know what this... I'm not a statistics person. Do you know what the statistics is for this nation on Christianity right now? 63% of this nation believe in God or claim they do. I have a problem believing that whenever I... They can't figure out if they're a boy or a girl. They can't figure out if they're Furbies. I was created in God's own image. I know exactly who I am because God told me who I am and I don't need to try and figure out what I am. We're losing a generation if the church don't get up and start doing something. And I love the activities that I, I heard the announcements of. I love that. But it's going to take more than just activities. It's going to take compassion. It's going to take a desire to see this church full. It's going to take a fire inside of us to study our word so that whenever there's a question asked, what's the difference between forgiveness and redemption? That we have an answer. We've got to have a passion for Christ. Do we have that this morning? I'm not pointing fingers because I'm talking to me too. I've been dealing with this for two weeks. 
we had awesome camp, both senior camp and youth or kids camp this year. 40, 45, I think, for senior camp. 91 or 2 for kids camp. And it was a blessing. But I got a feeling that we have more kids than that in our churches. I know not every kid can go. But we got more than that. If you sit down and read it, kids go to church until they're 18. And here lately, the last couple of generations, they go off to college and they're done. We've got to show them through our lives, your lives, that God's more than just somebody, a fairy tale, make-believe. God is real. We can't do that by sitting back and just coming to church. We've got to get up, be active, and have a fire for these kids. And I'm not just pointing at younger generations. I'm 40. And I was having a talk with Jake Lawrence the other day, and Jake said, you know, where's some of the younger guys? There ain't very many younger preachers out there. That's sad. That's very sad. We have lost something. And I... I I hate government. I hate talking about it. But if you look at our government, they something wrong. They say they 63% Christians in this country. I don't believe that. Look at our government. It is so far from what it was founded on. That's not I mean it's almost unreal. We have failed as a church, the the whole church to stand up on the Word of God and say this is what is right and this is where I stand and this is what I'm going to believe in no matter what you say. My dad always said growing up, well, son, that ain't affecting us, so just sit down and shut up. I'm afraid Christians just took that stance too. Rather than standing up and saying, hey, I'm sorry, but I ain't going to say there's no genders. There's only a man and there's only a woman. There ain't no such thing as Furbies. You can get that out of your head. I'm a child of the one true king. I'm a royal priesthood. A chosen generation. If we have to have some bumper sticker on our car, a tattoo on our body, to tell people that we're a Christian, we've lost it. We've come conformed to this world almost. The only difference is, is our heart. And... Yes, exactly. They should know by our heart and our actions. And I know this ain't an encouraging, build-up message. But we've got to be at work 
for God's kingdom. We've got to share the blessings that God has poured out in our lives. I mean, if we said in Sunday school, even the janitor is important. Everybody's important. We also said that sin is personal. Well, the relationship's personal. It's not just here as a whole body. It's to be had at home too. Bible studies don't just have to happen here in this church. That's one thing about Western Kansas. I just it blows my mind. There's dozens of Bible studies just happen in homes. We don't have to have it in church. But we need our face to shine because we know God. And we have spent time in His presence. And where we have our face shining, the people's going to know that there's a difference about us. And they're going to want to know because curiosity killed the cat. Get back in there. If we don't have our face shining, that people can tell the difference in us, then we need to spend some time with God ourselves. So this morning, I'm going to encourage you to check your heart. Check your own self. Don't be looking around. And work on that that saying. That saying's meant a lot to me lately, the last two weeks. So a thought... Reap an action, reap an action, sow a habit, sow a habit, change a destiny. And I know they're not talking about the destiny I'm talking about. But we need to be as Moses and be able to go out there in the wilderness and lead the people in. We got to know perseverance and patience. Because there's some people that's pretty hard-headed every now and then, such as myself, as my wife says. But we got to know how to pray because sometimes prayer is the only thing that changes people. And we got to know that God is the only thing we can depend upon. So this morning, I know I'm short but I've got to be at Emporia at 4 also. So I'm being short this morning on purpose. I, Lisa, if you would come pray. I ain't very good at altar calls but if this morning if you've got something that God's laying on your heart that's troubling you or maybe you need to work with that relationship with God this morning these altars are going to be open as we sing a song come down here feel free to spend time working with God in that relationship. 
I know it's been a short message. But I think that God's had enough time to work. Because my God's awesome. So if you have something that you need to pray about this morning, feel free to come down here and talk to God about it. And I'd love to pray with you about it. If there's something else that's bothering you, if you need to talk, my ears is open. But I, I just encourage you guys, do what the Lord's laid on your heart as Lisa sings this song.
sometimes we just need to be patient in God's presence. Sometimes we just need to sit and listen and let God do the talking, not us. And that's the good thing about God. He says, I will give you the desires of your heart. What's your desires this morning? We learned in Bible or in Sunday school. If we don't put God first, that's a sin. If we put other things before Him, that's a sin. Where's our heart this morning? Is it where it needs to be? I thank you guys for the opportunity to come here this morning. I thank you for putting up with me. But I'm thankful more so for all that good food I smell. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to turn it back over to Lisa, no, Harold, and I'll, I'll let them end it. We were doing sign language back and forth. Aren't you thankful for the Lord's presence this morning? God, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, we'll say a closing prayer and a prayer for the food. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had today in your presence, Lord. And Father, help us to uh, take your words to heart, Lord. And uh, God, let there be a difference in us. I pray that you would stir up a fire in each one of us, God, to know you more, more and more, God, and to not be satisfied. But, God, to seek you with all that we are, Lord. God, each of us individually this week, I pray, Lord, don't leave us alone. But, God, that you would just continue to prompt us to seek you more and more, Father. And, Lord, may our hearts say, yes, Lord, your face I will seek, God. And, Lord Jesus, we just pray for the food, God, that you would bless it, nourish it to our bodies, Lord, and bless our fellowship and the time that we have together. And we thank you for all of these things in your name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.